Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. I want to say on my last Sunday here, thanks to all the worship team, the production team. If I start naming names, I'll leave somebody out. So thanks to all of you that have been so willing to help us and such skillfully, just wonderful people that are skillful in what they do and take pride and excellence. Great job. And thank you, TLCC, for responding so well. I know, I, I honestly said last service, at the, at the end of the service, I said, it's, it's a little intimidating coming to the Life Christian Church and having to speak behind the same podium that Terry Smith speaks behind every Sunday because he is definitely one of my favorite preachers in the entire world. He's a fantastic communicator. And uh, my name is Dan Dean, just to let you know, I'm a legacy pastor at Heartland Church in Carrollton, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. And this month has been an incredible blessing for my wife and I. Uh, we just have one thing that's really been a problem. We've had, to, we've had an adopted child we've been taking care of for this month. His name is Dietrich. If you don't know, that's a Smith's dog. And uh, Dietrich, he has issues, okay? Let's just put it that way. And it's been a challenge for us. We have survived, but we have had a wonderful time in all seriousness. It's been great. And we will continue to pray for your leadership for this church as we go our separate ways. We will see you in the future. God has a, a great future plan for you in this church. I'm sure of that. And so thank you so much for allowing us to be a part. We've got a, we've got a busy Sunday, so I'm going to dive right in. Uh, our first two passages of Scripture today, one is John 10. And then if you have a real Bible today, uh, Put your finger over on Psalm 23. If you've got one of those electronic Bibles, you'll just have to go there. When we're going to spend most of our time in Psalm 23 today. And uh, we've been talking about Jesus Illustrated this month, looking at the things that are attributes or characteristics of Jesus, either that Scripture identified him as or that he said about himself, and then discussing the aspects of how that impacts our lives today. The first Sunday we talked about Jesus the human, how that he became human and that allows him to identify with all that we experience in our daily lives as we walk through life here on planet earth. The second week we talked about Jesus the Christ and as a result of him being the Messiah, we can talk to him and have relationship with him. He can hear us. We can talk to him. Third week we talked about Jesus the physician. We ask ourselves the question regarding Jesus the healer and, and, and discuss the fact that we believe Jesus is still healing today through three different means, naturally, medically, and supernaturally. And on this final Sunday, we're going to talk about Jesus the shepherd. Jesus the shepherd. Jesus referred to himself as the shepherd. The, the Bible depicts uh, the church in many different ways, but let me give three of them uh, that are distinct today. First of all, it depicts the church as a family. Aren't you glad you have a church family like this when you come in? You got people you connect with and brothers and sisters that you can share with. Secondly, the, the church is depicted as a fellowship. 
a fellowship where you come together. There's nothing like it in the world. And thirdly, it depicts the church as a flock, a family, a fellowship, and a flock. Psalm 100 says, know that the Lord is good. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are sheep. He is our shepherd. So with that thought in mind, let's look at John 10, 10. And before we go there, I'm just going to say, I, uh, I don't know if you know a whole lot about sheep. Um, I grew up in a town of called DeLeon, Texas population was about 1800 people counting dogs and cats and everything else. It was a small place. Our city limits sign I don't even know if y'all know what that is up here, but it's, uh, it's, it was on the same post. Just put it that way, going and coming. We had one stoplight. Buzzards only flew over once a month to check on dead things in Delion. That's how small it was. A little town with farmers. And I, I know some sheep. I went out into the pasture and I witnessed sheep. I wish that the Lord had said, you are lions. But he said, the devil's like a lion, as I recall. He said, we're sheep. Well, I've seen sheep do the most stupid things. I, I just, I won't, don't want to be incorrect with my speech, but I'm just telling you, sheep are stupid, okay? They're stupid. They're, I saw one one time hurrying to get to the food trough, and he fell over onto his back in the food trough and was just laying there, his little legs kicking like this. Had to be rescued. I've seen sheep out in the middle of the field and a storm come up and there'd be a clap of of thunder and a a lightning bolt. And one of them, I don't know, one of them just looks at the other one and says, let's run. And the guys, so one sees one start running and they just kind of, he's running. I guess we should run. And I've seen an entire pasture full of sheep just running. Didn't know where they were going, just running and run until they just slap worn out. I really don't like being a sheep, but I am a sheep because he said he's a shepherd and I'm a sheep. So I think there's a lot to learn there. John 10, 10 says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Somebody needs to write a good book about that. That's a joke, people. You're supposed to laugh at that. Your pastor wrote a book about that, (laughs) and it was a good one. I came, they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I like that wording. He didn't say, I am like a shepherd. He said, I am the shepherd, not just a shepherd, but I'm a good shepherd. The good shepherd, shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and we know that he did that. But a hireling, He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He repeats himself for emphasis. I don't know that you've thought about this a lot, but I'm so glad he's the shepherd because in reality... I realize that I'm a sheep. Anybody here ever done stupid things in your life that you could identify with a sheep and say, yes, I have done stupid things. Go ahead and raise your hand because if you don't raise it, you probably are lying right now. We've all done stupid things. And uh, there's, there's 
not a whole lot we as sheep can do without a shepherd. Yeah, sheep just have to have a shepherd. Psalm 23, probably the most famous of all Psalms in the Bible. If you haven't memorized it, it would be good to memorize it. It's easy to memorize. It's six verses long. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of times we only quote it at funerals uh, as we're laying somebody to rest. This is one of those that would be good to read often. It's a good verse to quote to yourself if you're ever sitting in a dentist chair while they're getting that ready to go to work on your teeth. I'm speaking from experience there. Um, And so it just kind of takes your mind off of what's happening, the smoke that's coming up out of your mouth. And I'm going to look at Psalm 23 today and go through it piece by piece. And although thankfully no dentist will be doing their thing while I'm talking to you today, and I'm going to outline it today. Every speaking pastor I know of likes to have three points. I have three points and three sub points under each point. And they each last about 25 minutes long. So we're going to be a while. Buckle in, all right, everybody. Number one, point number one, Psalm 23, he provides. This is what a good shepherd does. He provides. Look at the first three verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This word want is a little confusing because what it means in the Hebrew is actually lack. I shall not lack. I won't lack anything because the shepherd provides for me. He provides what I have need of. Then it goes on to say this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I just want to say that David starts this psalm with the fact that the Lord is a shepherd And as a result of that, he is a provider. This is what a good shepherd does. And this is what he was saying. The shepherd provides us with what we need. You've probably heard it said before. He doesn't always give us what we want, but he does give us what we need. And when you think of the Jewish people, they wanted a political leader, someone to deliver them from Rome, but they needed a savior. And the savior, the shepherd came to their uh, rescue. So a good shepherd gives you what you need. He's a provider. And I want to point out that there's, there's three things that you need under here. And um, before I do that, I just want to, I feel like saying this, when we're talking about provision, I feel like thanking you for continuing to support your church during this season that your lead pastor is away. And being a person that loves this church being one of the members of your presbytery here and serving this church, I went to Kevin and I asked him, how's the church doing financially? Do I need to get up and, you know, rah, rah, rah the troops? And he said, you know, we're really doing good. So let me thank you and and you should thank yourselves, TLCC, for continuing even though your pastor's away. Come on and give yourselves a hand. I want to thank you personally for that. Um, So let me share what three things would come under the provide uh, that he provides. First one would be under this title, he makes. Everybody say he makes. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And part of that includes that he leads me beside still waters. Every believer's life characterized by these two things. 
Let me give a little definition of them. Contentment and peace, green pastures for a sheep would be contentment and still waters represents peace. And you may have never thought about this, but this is a, it's a, this is a good reason that it's good for you to be in a church service like this today, to be sitting here with believers around you and worship going in because one of the reasons you come and attend is so that you can sit beside the still waters and worship and eat from the green pastures of the word of God. I want to tell you there is a synergy that happens when we come together as a body of believers and begin to worship and receive the word of God. Think about it. Sitting beside still waters. You can be in the middle of a storm and the storm will calm you for a few moments if you happen to place yourself in the middle of some good strong worship. And then we eat from a green pasture. And let me key in on the word makes for just a moment. He makes me lie down. Has there ever been a time when he had to make you lie down to make you come into that area of rest? Sometimes it's not always that comfortable, but he will cause us to come to a place of reflection. And I want to tell you, there's nothing like coming together. My wife is here today. And uh, I'm so glad she was able to make this journey with me. A lot of times when I come up here, she's not able to come, but she's been with me the entire month. And this is like heaven to me. It's just been wonderful. And, and, uh, but at year 10 in our marriage, uh, we had two kids and one on the way. And the wheels fell off of our marriage. It looked like it was the end. It, was, uh, it looked like our marriage was over. There were times I felt completely hopeless and we were going in for counseling and we're trying to do things that we knew to do, but it just felt so entirely hopeless. I want to tell you that one of the only reasons that we're still together today is that every Sunday without fail, we would be sitting on this side of the church, just about where she's at right now, when the worship would start happening. And all of a sudden in the middle of the worship, in the middle of the word, the calming presence of God would come to us. And at the end of the service, we would look at each other and say, I think we can make it one more day. I think we can make it one more week. I think we can make it one more month. And now it's been 46 years later. I think we're finally going to make it. I want to tell you there's nothing, nothing, nothing that's better for your life, your marriage, your kids than being beside still waters and in green pastures with the people of God. So he makes, here's the second one, he restores. Psalm 23, 3, he restores my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Have you ever made the statement, I was crushed when, I was crushed when my spouse walked out on me. I was crushed when my child did this. I was crushed when I lost my job. What you're actually saying is my soul was crushed. And, and here's what I want you to know. I believe in counseling. I believe in ministry. I believe in every tool and resource you can use. But at the end of the day, I want you to know who it is that brings restoration to your life. It's Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, who calls you to go to places where your soul can be made whole. And by the way, 
That, that word restoration, that means to take something and bring it back to its original position. You're going to restore an old car. You, you have a car that may have rust on it and parts are missing. You restore that car. That means you make it to the original position of what it was, the original creation. That's what God does for us. He comes in with all of our broken pieces and he picks them up and he makes it, like the scripture says, he makes all things new. And I'm glad that we have a shepherd that restores our souls. The third thing he provides is that he leads. He leads me, Psalm 23, 3 says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness means right standing with God. I am made righteous. I am caused to be righteous because he leads me into that path. And I am put in right standing with God through his grace. And I, I want to walk in right standing with God. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want to stay in close fellowship with God. So the good shepherd leads me to go the right way. And there's, there's something you need to know about this word, lead. Shepherds never drive sheep. Are you hearing me? They don't get out there and drive them. Now, they, they, sheep are, I, I, I could say it, I don't even know if this is a word, but sheep are undrivable. Now, you might have a, a sheep dog to help you herd them, but the best way to get sheep to go where they need to go is to lead them. A few years ago, we were on a trip in Israel and as we were, we pulled the bus over to the side of the road and the guide was, was showing us across the valley, there was the city of Bethlehem where it's purported that Jesus was born in scripture. And as we're looking, all of a sudden there was a shepherd with, I don't know, he probably had eight or 10 sheep coming up the hillside. And it was just amazing to watch them follow him up that hillside. And then he came up looking to make an extra coin or two. He came up to where we were at at the bus and he allowed some of the, some of the uh, people to put that sheep up on the shoulders and get a picture with it. I, I want to tell you something. Uh, I, was, I don't know if you know this, but the sheep know their shepherd's voice. When he called to them, they responded. I started doing a little research on this and I found this video that I want to show you of a modern day shepherd that's calling his sheep. Now they have unique voices that they use, but I want you to take a look at this video and see how this shepherd calls his sheep down out of the fog just by lifting his voice. Take a look at this right here. And here they come. 
And there they come. Is that not amazing? There's another video that you can find on YouTube where they take people out to watch a shepherd with his sheep and, and they have three different people come up and try to call the sheep in and they're just sitting there eating and they're not even looking up and all of a sudden the shepherd starts making his little weird call and those heads start popping up and they come running to the shepherd. The sheep know his voice. The, the, we're told by our guide in Israel that we were told that, that the shepherds sometimes will take as many as 1,500 to 2,000 sheep down to a place where they all seem to drink together in a common area. And all those sheep will mingle and mix together and the shepherds will visit for a little while. And then all of a sudden, one of them will say, well, I got to go. I'll see you later. And he'd start making his distinct call. And this shepherd would start making his distinct call. And all of a sudden, around 6,000 sheep just start dividing up and going with their shepherd. And it's amazing that not one shepherd was ever left behind and not one sheep ever went with the wrong shepherd. The sheep know the shepherd's voice and they follow him. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they won't follow another, but he'll never lead you, never drive you. He will call to you to follow him. Isn't it good to know that when we listen to his voice, he leads us to still waters and green pastures and he's still leading and guiding. That's what a good shepherd does. And then number two, he protects. Everybody say he protects. Look at verses four and five. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You're, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. This is what David says, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Now, now death is probably the biggest fear for humans. Some people disagree, they'd say, no, I'm afraid of snakes. No, you're afraid of getting bit by a snake that'll cause you to die. You say, I'm afraid of heights. No, you're afraid of falling off a high place and dying. So here's what Jesus does. He takes the biggest fear we have and he annihilates it by taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave away from the slimy hands of our enemy. Now, here's some of the things he does. And let me give you three sub points under he protects. Number one, he is with us in the battle. Verse four says, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the greatest thing. He's with you in the thick of everything that's going on in your life. And he makes a strange statement. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Think about that. Why would the rod and the staff be comforting? Because he never uses his rod and his staff on us. He may use it to aid and rescue, but he never hits the sheep. He never attacks the sheep. And you wouldn't be comforted if he hit you with the rod or with the staff. I can't remember ever a time saying to my dad, your paddle and your belt comfort me. They never comforted me, all right? Uh, no doubt I needed and deserved every spanking I ever received. And yes, God sometimes will chastise us, but he doesn't hit us. He hit our, uh, the son. It pleased him, the scripture says, for the son to be bruised. The wrath of God fell on the son, and we do not have to endure the wrath of God if we follow his voice. My son, my oldest son, Dusty, 
had done something wrong one time and it was spanking time and my oldest son, he, he, he was a picture on the cover of Dr. Dobson's book, The Strong-Willed Child. And I took him up into his bedroom and I was trying to figure out a way. I was tired of, you know, correcting him. I thought I'm going to figure out a new way to try to drive a point home. And so I sat him down and I looked and pulled up his face close to mine. I said, Dusty, you deserve a spanking. You have done wrong. You know you've done wrong. Yes. And, and you deserve a spanking. But you know, scripture paints this beautiful picture of the Lord taking the punishment we deserved upon himself. So today, I'm going to take your spanking for you. I want you to take this belt, and you're going to spank daddy. And I expected him to, you know, tear up. No, dad, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. He had a really good time that day. And I never tried that again with any of my other children. But listen, he uses the rod and the staff. Let me speak Texan to you today, all right? He uses the rod and the staff to beat the snot out of the wolf, all right? Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Let me tell you who is. Uh, we, we need, we, you know, we're, we're the ones that struggle with not being able to overcome. He's not afraid of the big bad wolf. He uses that staff and that rod to club him in the head when he's needed. And, and we might be afraid, but the safest place to be is to position yourself next to the shepherd and he's got you covered. So he's with us in battle. Here's number two. He blesses us in the battle. He blesses us in the battle. This is incredible. Look at verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I would prefer you prepare a table before me after you kill my enemy. But he says, in the presence of your enemy. You want to know why? Because he's not afraid of your enemy. Get this picture in your mind today. See a picture of Jesus sitting down at a table in the middle of a battlefield, white tablecloth, candlesticks, preparing you a meal with 20 angels around your table. We're not talking about James Bond in the movies, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the protector of our souls, the provider for us. We're talking about Jesus. He blesses us even in the middle of our battle. And hear me, hear me well, sometimes, 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 in the words of my friend Scott Crupain, who wrote a beautiful song, sometimes he calms the storms, and other times he calms his child. And who knows what he's going to do with you. But either way, the good shepherd's got you in good hands. And here's the third way he protects us. He refreshes us in the battle. The very next verse, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Oil represents two things in the scripture, refreshing and strength. Oil refreshes you and strengthens you in scripture. The Holy Spirit refreshes you and it strengthens you. And the way he strengthens you is not with some little drop of oil or water in your cup. The scripture says your cup runs over. It's not some guy in the movies with a little canteen that he's only taking a little sip of water about every four hours to survive. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The shepherd makes sure that you are well provided for right in the middle of your enemies. How great is that? And let me say something else before we go to point three. 
We're talking about the shepherd providing and protecting us. Let me tell you the good news because contrary to our arrogant thoughts sometimes, we cannot protect ourselves and we can't provide for ourselves. We start thinking that we are the ones in charge of that. I can remember being on the road early in our Phillips, Craig, and Dean career. And there were days that I would be on the road sometimes for 40 days and I would call home to my wife and one of the kids would just be really, really sick. And I felt so helpless being away from her. And and the thought crossed my mind, there's not one thing I can do about it. My kid's sick. And in one of those occasions, I felt the voice of the Lord kind of whisper to me and say, you're not there, but I am. And I can take care of this situation. And when you're not there, son, I'm there. And, and this is, there, you know, there's something inside the heart of a parent that makes you feel like you're the provider and you're the protector. And, and have you ever felt that heaviness come on you that I have to provide and I have to protect? Do you realize how much peace would come if you realize that in reality, there's somebody bigger than you that's at the helm of that ship? Sure, you're going to do all you can to be responsible, and you're going to do all you can in the way of work to make sure your kids are provided for. But ultimately, God is the provider, and he's the protector. And when you send them out on a morning to school, and you pray over them and say, God, I release your angels to watch over this little boy or this little girl today, you can rest assured that God is watching over them with his angels. Somebody say amen today to that. I will say that I found it easier with my two sons to reach a place of relaxing with that. When my sons came home, with the news they had found somebody to marry, I was like, hey, way to go. We'll get you off the payroll. Yay. <laughs> you got one. Yay. I'm happy for you. And, and you, you raise sons to send out. You raise, you raise them up and you send them out. You raise daughter. And the Lord gave me my daughter last. And it's different because you raise daughters to give them away, not send them away. My daughter... Nick came along, great guy, great provider, awesome young man, but there was something I was giving in a way to him of responsibility. Fathers feel that. Guys, listen to me. You'll get very stressed out if you don't realize that you are just the conduit for what God is doing through you. And you have to relax and you have to say, God, they're ultimately yours and I'm giving them over to you because God is the ultimate protector and provider. He is the good shepherd. Are you following me today? This is a better sermon than you think it is, by the way. We're talking about Jesus. Here's number three, he promises. Look at verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely. In other words, it's a fact. It's certain. Let me sum it up. Psalm 23. All of this and I get to go to heaven too. Let me give you the three points under he promises. I'm not going to comment on all of them, but I'll give them to you. Goodness, mercy, and eternal life. 
That's what verse 6 says. This is the promises of God for you. Goodness, mercy, and eternal life. Notice this. It says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's a better word that describes that in the Hebrew. It means to chase. Surely goodness and mercy shall chase after me. I want to tell you today, goodness and mercy have been chasing after you your entire life. When are you going to stop running and let it overtake you? When are you going to let the goodness and mercy and grace of God come into your life and stop running away from him. Stop running and let it overtake you. I want you to know something today. God's judgment is not chasing you. God's wrath is not chasing you. What's chasing you is the goodness and mercy of God. And how many of you in this room today have experienced that that goodness and mercy when it overtakes you and comes into your life. The song we sing at home, and I probably think you do here, says, his goodness is running after, it's running after me. Sing it. Uh, his With some harmony. Uh, his goodness is running after. Oh, y'all are good. One day, I just decided to stop running. And one day, God's goodness caught me. It'll chase after you your whole life. And this is the promise, 1 John 2, 25. This is the promise that he has promised us. Say these two words loud for me. This is the promise he has promised us. What is it? Oh, that's not good enough. What has he promised? Oh, my goodness. My friends, what a problem, a promise. So many people still find it hard to believe that we're saved by grace and grace alone. This is the promise that he has promised us. And what does he say about his promises? Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now, if this was Pastor Smith coming across with this point right here, you would do more than just be golf clapping, all right? Come on and put your hands together today. Let me tell you one more thing about our shepherd. The first week I talked to you that he was a human. He became human. Our shepherd became a sheep. He wanted to know what it feels like to be on his back in a trough. To be running across a field. So he wanted to feel what you and I felt like. But listen to what what happened to our shepherd when he became a sheep. Isaiah 53. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He became a sheep. He knows what that lost feeling is like. He knows what it's like to be, you know, floundering with indecision and wondering, God, are you out there anywhere? He knows what that feels like. And let me show you one more verse today. Jesus came among us, right? 
He became one of us, but he came among us. And I want you to think about the day in which he came, the day he was crucified. Do you remember what happened? The skies turned dark. The sun hid its face. It was a dark and cloudy day. I'm talking about Jesus and a shepherd and us as the sheep. And look at this verse in the Old Testament, such an incredible verse. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Wow, Jesus said, I'm coming. I don't know where you're scattered to. I don't know where you find yourself far away from God, family relationships messed up, broken pieces in your life, failed marriages, kids away, can't get things together, mind confused, addictions. What am I going to do, Lord? Just remember the shepherd knows where you're at and he promises to come after those who are scattered and bring them home. And you need to come home. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? One of the things that the Lord may be speaking to all of us about is stress and anxiety and work and fear. This crazy world we live in where crime is is climbing and seems to be so much anger and so much hate and so much division. Listen for the voice of the good shepherd. He's there. He promises to protect and provide for you. Maybe there's confusion. Maybe there's sickness. Maybe there's just some feet that have been running for way too long. And you need to let the mercy and goodness of the Lord overtake you to know his voice and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for every person in this building, every person hearing this message today, there are no accidents. You knew every person that would sit here today in these seats. And I believe you're speaking into the hearts of somebody right now, God, that needs to know that you are a shepherd. You're a shepherd that provides and protects, cares for his flock. And today your promises are extended to every person in this building. I pray you'd reach, touch people in their area of need today. Let the word of God let the still waters and the green pastures spill into somebody's life today, God, and bring them hope where there seems to be no hope. In Jesus' name, amen.